insights from the world's best medical minds. This is the right doctors.com. The coronavirus epidemic finally reached the Indian those which was inevitable because of the mass movement of population from the affected areas to our country. But I think that compared to what has been the spread in other areas, we are quite uh, reasonably okay right now. Uh, the question is the, whether these numbers actually reflect the genuine incidence of corona or is it that we are not catching them because they are unable to test or these people are not coming to the forefront and so on. So that is a challenge which is facing us, which is also initially faced by other parts of the world. For example, the UK has, you know, 1,000 plus cases, but they know that there must be many more based on the fact that they have not been able to test. There is a shortage of kids worldwide in Europe, in America, and uh, I would think in India also we have to ramp up our testing capability. So I think we are somewhere in the middle out there. We are happy to see that it's not spread like crazy and we haven't had so many deaths. At the same time, the concern is that is it because people haven't presented and we don't have enough testing kits. Having said that, we know that the deaths are at least not as much because certainly somebody who is very critical will have a death somewhere or the other and will be caught. So the death part of it gives us a little comfort feeling as of now. The next uh, thing anyway, a few weeks will be the deciding factor in, in determining what is going to be the ultimate impact of this virus in our population. So that's a very interesting question. It's pretty much like other viruses, respiratory viruses. So usually these respiratory or chest viruses will enter uh, from the nose or the mouth area. So that's why, you know, it's fine last supposed to be something called droplet, which means if I cough or sneeze, I have to send a whole bunch of uh, small mini drops from the air. And if somebody else inhales them, then they, their system, if it's vulnerable, will get infected. And then, of course, that's the, the struggle between the virus and the body. Uh, in some people, it will get restricted to simple respiratory symptoms such as fever, maybe some sneezing, sore throat, uh, a body ache and so on. Few of us, the concerning part is in few of us, it's going to go down below and affect the lungs and get into a life-threatening uh, uh, episode, which is what everyone's worried about. So this is the way it's currently behaving. Truthfully, it's behaving just like any other seasonal virus. So the seasonal influenza virus, H1N1 virus, they also have similar patterns. The only thing is each virus has its unique uh, aspects of infectivity, which means how many people it's going to uh, produce disease in. And then, of course, what's the most important thing is morbidity and mortality, which are fancy names for getting sicker and sicker and having a life at risk because of the infection. And that is what is variable right now. And that's variable because we're getting reports from different communities in different parts of the world and different age groups and so on. And so we're just clubbing everything together right now because we're hungry for information. But over time, we'll know more and more about who's getting more affected, which uh, age groups, which particular disease patterns and so on. Now we know that uh, by and large uh, elderly people, people with heart issues and all are getting more affected and so those are the people who are vulnerable and who will need more health care and who will probably not be able to fight off the virus compared to the younger lot. This is the current situation of knowledge and this is evolving as we speak. We wish we had a very concrete answer. It would be so nice if there were two, three distinguishing characteristics, a simple test or some features. But unfortunately, this is the way respiratory viruses are. They pretty much produce a similar response. And why do they do that? It's simple. They all act on a similar area. They go and attack our what's called our lining of the respiratory tract. And so when they do that, common symptoms of expression come out with all these viruses. So, fever, cough, 
sore throat, you know, pain over there, body ache are part of all these viruses. There is nothing, anything which they are all acting by a similar mechanism. So there is no easy way of separating this virus from the other common flu, seasonal flu, H1N1 flu, and so on. And that is the struggle. Currently, because of the spread, so the, the, the geographic part is helping us more than the clinical part. We hope that there was some clinical feature which would help us, but no. Currently, only the fact that if you have traveled to a country which is known to be uh, having an incidence of corona or uh, been in contact with a person who had corona and so on, that is the only differentiating factor as of now. And that is because the epidemic is at that stage. But the moment you have a higher person-to-person transmission in any setup, then there will be no way of distinguishing this from other common virus. That is the that is the both the common part and the part of how these things are acting, and that is why we have difficulty with how to detect and what to tackle them with and so on. So currently, the two cases who have come to our attention from uh, who have passed away are the 76-year-old from Gulbarga, the north of Karnataka, not Bangalore, but Gulbarga, where he came from Dubai. I think he was there. He got sick. He went to a Hyderabad corporate hospital, then came back to Gulbarga and ultimately succumbed. This gentleman was known to have multiple medical issues of the nature we spoke of earlier, which should make him more vulnerable. Understand that it's a question of reserve. If you don't have reserve, if you already have some problem with your, with like uh, your lungs being weak or your heart being weak or you know, things like diabetes and all in an elderly situation, then these viruses have a greater uh, chance of creating havoc and produce a greater life risk. But if you're otherwise young and healthy, then the chances of fighting off are much higher and the chances of having life-threatening illness are much lower. Nothing is zero in medicine, unfortunately, but it's much lower and gives us a bigger comfort feeling that people with good immunity and the younger people can, by and large, fight of the virus with much more ease than the other population. So that is the whole scenario. Now in terms of the 69-year-old from Delhi also appears to be that she had chronic issues which also made her more susceptible, more vulnerable to the virus and that seems to be the reason. Dead bodies are all highly unlikely. Basically the virus is once, it, like I said, it's either contact. So if you don't have touch, droplet, and people who have passed away are incapable of doing droplet or coughing, then, you know, once you have contact precautions, you're not going to get this from somebody who has passed away. The only way to reduce is to avoid infection. Take all the precautions in the world that you can to avoid getting infected by the virus. Once you get infected, then what decides whether I will get only a simple upper respiratory infection or I will get lung involvement is something which is not clear. So we know that if I am elderly and I have heart and lung issues, then my chances of getting serious involvement from the virus is higher. So if I have those issues, I have to take many more precautions of trying to avoid uh, anybody who may be even potentially carrying the virus because that is my only fight against the virus as of this point. Currently, since we have no effective, standardized, recommended drugs, we can only depend on the good old gold standard of medicine, prevention. So the government, I think, is, uh, has put its act into shape very well, and especially in, in most parts of India, Karnataka, where we are in also, uh, they have moved quite fast. They're listening to experts. There's a lot of information coming from the WHO, the CTC, which is the Center of Disease Control in the U.S., which has websites also, and the local people. And they're, uh, the, the, from the beginning, trying to prevent... Uh, uh, infected people from coming into the country, 
to the point of shutting down uh, social contact by schools, malls, theatres, uh, public places, all that has been put quite effectively and I think our governments are to be come out congratulated on the prompt uh, measures taken in this regard. Our rest is obviously, this is a changing situation. A think tank must be there in every part of the uh, administration government, which I'm sure is there, which will keep reviewing the situation and seeing that is this moving from a travel, uh, you know, uh, travel paradigm to a person-to-person -person, uh, transmission, in which case our strategies will change. What do we have in terms of hospitals, infrastructure, protective equipment, medications, and so on? This is standard uh, management of an epidemic. So one one knows and hopes, one hopes and knows that there is no think tank planning all these things. Though the whole world is facing a challenge with shortage of equipment right now. As far as advice to uh, people goes, it's just that you cannot depend only on administrators and government. You have to do your own bit. So for your own bit is be aware. Knowledge is important. Don't panic. This is not as bad as most of the other things we have faced. Otherwise, you should be able to get away with most of this. We have enough problems with dengue, malaria and tuberculosis in our country which have been fighting for donkey's years. So just be aware, don't panic, be positive, uh, avoid uh, you know people who are sick, uh, follow the precautions being outlined, especially the simple stuff with protecting protective equipment and hand washing and so on. Insights from the world's best medical minds. This is the right doctors.com.